You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Styles looking to put away Team NXT, but not so fast NXT champion, Adam Cole, who's had the most impressive run of any superstar in the It appears on the road to Survivor Series weekend. episode of what comes next cinema geekly's nxt companion podcast it is anthony and jacqueline and we're back to talk more nxt on the wwe network and the usa network of course it's episode 532 of the show not the podcast and yeah we have not started since the beginning you know this whole nxt being a part of survivor series thing sucks it is it bled over into to raw and it bled over into Smackdown again, I think, kind of. I don't know. Very loosely paying attention to it. I think they were in the UK, so I know Walter appeared on one of the shows, but I don't know what he did. Yes. All of Imperium showed up and beat down someone. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, They probably deserved it. The OC are in full sale, Morinalo tells us. Uh, The OC, of course, for people who think we're talking about the old television show. Uh... Uh, this is a faction containing AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson. And footage is shown of them backstage beating up the Undisputed Era. Uh, AJ. Oh. oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, that's fair. Like, wouldn't you do. Like, that's who I would want to beat up, too. Mm hmm. Yeah, uh, I get it. They come out to the ring and they say that they're taking over and that that is undisputed. Tommaso Ciampa comes out. The crowd chants, Daddy's home. I will say, though, I think this crowd was so much livelier this week than last week. Mm-hmm. And, I um, so. Yeah, I respected them for that. I just want to give a shout-out to the crowd. Uh, Champa says people always came, uh, came up to him and asked him when he's going to the main roster. This full-sale audience groaned when he mentioned that. <laughs> like, uh... See, I told you. He said, he looked at AJ Styles and Gallows and Anderson, and he said, welcome to the main roster. And that made me laugh. Because uh, yeah. it kind of is if it's, you're just talking about what's good. Yeah. Uh, also made me cringe a little bit because I was like, oh, no, this is always going to be a thing now. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, they can't let something lay as like a one like the you have to go over it and over it and over it and over it until yep. you don't care anymore um says nxt has been the show for a long time says he's cool with them taking out undisputed era but if they're going to come in his ring and say that they're taking it over and well now he has a problem with them he is joined by keith lee and matt riddle and we have a main event match for i note here for this otherwise one match card uh, because I, up until now, we only knew the one. Yes. And I do have to say, in this promo, my favorite thing, as always, Matt Riddle's reactions to everything. <laughs> like, he is hilarious. Like, when Keith Lee came out and people were, like, singing along, like, he just gets so excited and, like, into things. He's and, awesome. like, I just love him. Like, oh, my God. He's so fun. Like, if Champa, if Champa, excuse me, is, like, the best actor mm-hmm. in... And next in wrestling, Matt Riddle is like the best stand-up comedian. You know, like it's mm-hmm. just he feeds off that energy, and I dig it. He wins the award every year for best Matt Riddle. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, I love him. Pete Dunn versus Damian Priest is our opener. It was also up until a few moments ago the only match we thought was on the show, and they were opening with it. Uh, yes, they try to finish each other very early, but make no headway. And I kid you not, we're like 30 seconds into this match, and we go to a break. 
this did not make me happy. I don't like I don't like commercial breaks in matches anyway, but a break like right when the match starts. Like, yep. couldn't you have just gone to commercial break during Damian Priest's entrance and then come back and start the match or something? <laughs> I guess I, watching it on the app, um, I mean, you get the break, but you don't get, like, a, a full commercial yeah, like, in between. The, or there was the picture-in-picture. See, or... so we don't get the picture-in-picture on the app. Yeah. So I don't know what happens over the commercial break. So you, I don't know until you tell me. They tra- fill all the gaps. Well, here's what happens. <laughs> uh, they trade momentum back and forth during the break, but right before the break ends, Priest takes control of Dunn. So when they Got come it. back, he's beaten up on him. Uh, Dunn makes a big comeback, hits a moonsault to the outside, uh, hits him with a sit-out powerbomb for a two. Damian Priest battles back with some strikes and a big dive. He does that flip dive we saw him do a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, we're back from a second break. And they are still wailing on each other. Uh, Priest hits a splash mountain bomb on Pete Dunn for a two. Uh, Priest wants to... uh, I wrote here, Priest wants to shoot a pretend arrow, but Dunn grabs his fingers. Uh, (laughs) Probably shouldn't have tried to shoot him with that fake arrow. Um, Yeah. They're like getting jostled around here, and the referee sort of gets backed into the corner with them. Priest tries to hit a low blow, but Dunn saw it coming, blocked it, and hit him with his own low blow, and did the finger break arm bar for the tap out victory. So, turnabout mm-hmm. is fair play for Damian Priest here. Pete Dunn used his own medicine against him. Uh, what did you think yep. of the the uh, opener? I actually really enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. For as much as I normally don't like Damian Priest, I I thought this was a fun match, and this is Pete Dunn. How I like to see Pete Dunn. Um. I think because yeah. he, he does a little. I like when he does a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. He's just so good. He's um, very good. So yeah. So I wish he would have won cleanly. That's my only thing. Um, but I get it. Like because they're in this riff, right? Rift, yeah. Whatever it is. So yeah, I get it. Uh, what did you give it? I went actually kind of high with this. I gave it a three point seven five. Okay, we're pretty close. I went three and a half. Okay. And grapple pretty close to me, three point four seven. Okay, that's not too bad. No, not at all. I think I'm going to be much opposite this week than I, or much more opposite than I was last week. So I enjoyed this episode a little bit more. (laughs) Uh, The women's war game match is now just a four on four match, and Dakota is missing from her team, which we thought was a given. And Mm -hmm. Jessamine and Marina are not on their team either. I know. There are only I'm, two there are two slots open, one on each team. I'm very confused about that, this now. Right. It seemed obvious that Dakota was going to be on the team with her partner Tegan Knox, and it seemed mm-hmm. obvious that Marina and Jessamine would be with her like their best friend in the whole world, Shanna Baszler, but yeah. they're not. The team is right. Shayna, Bianca, and Io, and a mystery person, and Rhea, Tegan, and Candice, and a mystery person. Right. Uh, Don't, this, this, like, okay, here's my thing. Like, I get we have to suspend a little bit of reality and all this and that, and I'm totally fine with that. But, like, Shayna would clearly pick the other horsewoman. You'd think women, so, right? To be in this, right? Like, right. Like, I know they're not the strongest. Like, I get that. Right. But, like, they're like her henchwomen. Yeah, why would <laughs> they she would not? They would literally be there. <laughs> yes. Um, mm. They're talking with Dakota Kai backstage. Um, she says that she has a match with Shayna Baszler tonight. She says that, yes, it's true that she used to be intimidated by Shayna. But after this injury, after this rehab coming back, she's a different person. She's going to prove why she should be picked. Uh We'll see how that plays out later. Uh, yeah, still, still, like I'm still okay that she's not in, in this. Like, yeah. while I thought it, she was going to be, like she's the she's the one out of all of them that I'm like, all right, fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tainara versus the debuting Santana Garrett. Well, not really debuting. She's been on NXT a couple of times, usually in losing roles. Uh, oh. Although she no was no idea a, who she. Was. 
yeah, she's a recent signee, uh, and she is a long-time independent wrestler in the Florida scene, in fact. She's a, hmm. a mainstay there. Um, they uh, they trade holds and some counter holds until Tainara blasts her with a knee in the face. Uh, Tainara does some rolling judo throws into a ring of Saturn. Uh, Santana Which is hits... pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I thought this is the best Tainara's looked in a match. Agreed. Uh, Santana Garrett hits a round-off back elbow. Uh, then something happens where I wrote here, they wrestle in slow motion for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, Tainara comes out of the corner to throw this clothesline, but it's like... If you've ever watched that episode of the old Star Trek show where Captain Kirk fights a Gorn, it's like this man in a rubber lizard suit. Watch this Lost man... <laughs> watch watch this watch this man in a rubber suit like swing his arm at Captain Kirk. It's in slow okay. motion. It it was very similar to the clothesline that Tynara threw at Santana Garrett here. Uh, okay, she could have seen it coming a, a hundred miles away. It was that slow. It, yeah, they were like waiting to catch I up. I think I don't know what happened there. Uh, Santana misses a uh, handspring moonsault. Tynara hits her with a jumping kick for the win. Uh, yeah. What did you think? Tainara won. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think it was a really good um, showing by Tainara. Um, I think I'm glad that they're giving her that little bump here. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, um, uh, San- the San- Santana, though, I loved her gear. Mm-hmm. I have to say that. And I don't understand why on her first time out, we got such a sob story about her family. I'm like, ugh. I don't know why, why are they talking about her dad. I don't know why they gave us the sad story about her and then she lost. I forgot right, that they that, gave I us like, the sad story and then she didn't win. <laughs> I like almost felt bad. I was like, this poor girl. Like, the dad's a big fan. He died of something. Her was father like, oh was a wrestler. Like, he helped train oh, her. That's what it was. And then he died from cancer earlier this year and then she yeah. lost. And <laughs> I was like, oh, this poor girl. Um, I also. I. I enjoyed it. I, I didn't feel like the crowd was into it all that much, mm-hmm. which I kind of understood because Tainara, everyone's so used to that her not winning, and then who's yes. you know Santana? Like, what's this? But um, but I thought it was a good showing by them each. By I wonder each what I wonder what other horrible stipulations you could tie into Santana Garrett to make this loss even more like confounding oh my to me. God. Every time, Santa- every time Santana Garrett loses, 100 puppies are unadoptable. No! They're, you just can't, no one's allowed to ever adopt 100 no. puppies. My heart. <laughs> like, why is it so sad and then she lost? I uh, know, like, well, just that, that's like putting salt in a wound. Well, 10 hour one. What, what did you give this match? I gave it 3.25. I enjoyed it. Wow, I went two and a half. Uh, mm. Like, them going in slow-mo, like... That really hurt it for me. But I thought Tainara looked much better in this match than she's looked. Yes. She was doing more offense. It looked pretty good. She's got a lot of personality. She does. I feel like they were just kind of like, okay, like, um, you're going to win this one. So we need Mm -hmm. you to be like the standout. And she like, and she took that and ran with it. Yeah. So we were a little bit more than a point off from one another. But you want to talk the disparity here. Grapple gave this a Uh 1.77. Wow. Not even Grapple. a two. They hated Grapple, this. Grapple, not a fan. I'm surprised. I don't know why I enjoyed it so much. I, I thought, I mean, I was I was thinking this was going to be much better until it kind of got Dead. weird near the end. Yeah. Um, We got a Tony Nee spotlight video. In case you're unfamiliar with him, he'd be wrestling later on in the show. Uh, I am unfamiliar with him. Shayna is shown training. We got another Angel Garza spotlight video. Turns out he's supposed to be a bad guy. We'd find out later. I don't know why they're airing this video that paints him in such a good guy character. Because he he acts like a complete asshole later on. Uh, They plug the Survivor Series matches. Normally I wouldn't note this, but because it involves NXT people, I thought it was worth noting. Uh, one of the matches, which has now actually been changed, was all of the tag team champions facing each other. So it was going to be Fish and O'Reilly against uh, the Revival and the War Raiders, the former War Raiders, whatever they're called now, the Viking Express, Vikings. the Viking, the Viking Men. Um, 
But the Revival lost the tag team titles to the New Day. So it is the Viking Raiders, Undisputed Era, and the New Day in a three-way match, which will probably be pretty good. I was going to say, that's probably going to be a really fun match. Uh, The other match that was announced was uh, Becky Lynch versus Bayley versus Shayna Baszler in the Battle of the Women's Champions. And somebody told me that Shayna and Becky had a really good face-to-face promo-off against each other. So I'm going to have to seek that out because I heard it was good. Yeah, I think I saw some of that. It's not bad. Uh, They're definitely, like, gunning for each other. They've added, they've since this episode aired, they've since added a third match with all of the secondary champions. So it'll be Mm -hmm. uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, the Intercontinental Champion, the United States Champion AJ Styles, and the North American Champion Roderick Strong. That match should be very good. Um, Yeah. Especially if Shinsuke decides to work really hard that night. Uh, then it'll be really good. It, Shinsuke, like, he came to the WWE to retire, essentially. Like, Japan gotcha. took a toll on his body, and he couldn't do that style anymore. And he's like, I'm, I'll come and do a few matches like that, but then I'm just surfing. I'm just moving here so I can surf. Phone it in. Um, is, really quick, and not to get us off on a tangent, but is Adam Cole doing anything besides War Games that so, weekend? Here's the thing. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> normally they do a, like a three-way with all of the champions, but uh, right. they weren't going to do Adam Cole versus The Fiend versus Brock Lesnar. But that what a weird match that would be. And I don't right? Think, well, I, Brock, Brock Lesnar's facing someone. Yeah. Um, I and forgot who. The Fiend is facing someone, but I don't remember. <sighs> Probably Seth Rollins again. I don't know. So if Adam Cole gets the night off, like not for nothing, but that's not fair. At least put the title on the line on Takeover. <laughs> yes. Well, we're Ooh, not maybe. Wait a second. Oh my gosh! Hold the phone. New dream match. It's okay. going to be the three members of Undisputed Era: mm-hmm. Roderick Strong, uh, uh, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly versus the three we know who are going to be in the Men's War Games. Uh, Matt Riddle, Ciampa, and Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be a three-way match for the title. Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, Finn Balor, calling it now. I mean, I'd be okay with that. I don't think they're going to do a six-man War Games match, but... I don't think so either, but, like, they've got to do something. <laughs> Dakota Kai and Shayna Baszler. Uh, and Dakota Kai's attempt to impress Rhea Ripley for a spot in the War Games match. Uh, Kai does not back down from Shayna Baszler early on. In fact, out-wrestles her until Shayna mm-hmm. tosses her into the ring post and then goes to work on Dakota's leg. Uh, after break, Dakota tries mounting a comeback, but the knee is buckling. Uh, she's trying to gut through it. Uh, Shayna hits her with an avalanche gut wrench suplex for a two. Uh, they are battling each other hard in this match. Dakota's yes. hitting her with, like, uh, Kawada kicks. Shayna gets her with a step-up knee, tries to put her in the Kirifuda clutch, but Dakota escapes. Shayna catches her again in the clutch, and eventually Dakota has to tap. Uh, what did you think? I thought this is the best Dakota's looked in maybe ever. I thought she looked good in this match. I agree. And, like, not – you. I mean, I'm a big Shayna Baszler fan, right? Mm-hmm. But, like – of all people to look that good against, I was like, okay, they're doing something right, the two of them, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I thought this was a great match. I thought um, Shayna pulled out some big moves that we don't normally see from her, which I was really excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked in the beginning that Dakota Kai wasn't doing as many kicks. She kind of had a little bit of a mixed offense, which yeah. um, I think she should do more of. Mm-hmm. Um where was I going to? Where was I going with that? Oh, they were trading punches at one point. A little too long for my liking. Mm-hmm. But um, you like, I mean, you do really have to kind of like in this match. I had to kind of like stop and be like, okay, like clearly Shayna would have been in a street fight, like if they were actually fighting each other. Yeah, Shayna so, would kill her. Yes. Let's just suspend belief for a second. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I thought this was really good. Mm-hmm. I thought Me it too. was great actually, and I was happy it was a clean win. Yes. Uh, what did you give it? Three and a half. Okay, I'm I'm pretty close to you on this one. I went three and a quarter. 
Yay! Finally. We're, we're all quarters <laughs> off of one another here. Grapple gave it a 3.09. I just... Man, Grapple, I can't be... We're above, can't be there tonight. We're kind of above Grapple this week. We must have been, like, in really good moods while watching this. Uh, yeah. Uh, post-match, both teams, uh, war game teams come out and brawl with each other until Mia Yim comes out with a kendo stick, and I wrote here, and steals Dakota's spot on the team. <laughs> Because, I mean, she was impressive in that match. Uh, Dakota was, yes. But, like, we haven't seen Mia Yim in so long. Like, she was clearly going to be in that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, we get a recap of all of the NXT on both SmackDown and Raw stuff uh, mm-hmm. from the days prior. Yeah. Backstage, Tommaso Ciampa and Keith Lee and Matt Riddle are being interviewed, but only Ciampa is talking. He says that they do n- they have not named a fourth member for their war games team and says that when the time is right, they will uh, let everybody know. But right now they are focused on facing the OC tonight. Then we get a spotlight video for Isaiah Swerve Scott. And then we get Angel Garza versus Tony Nese, where the winner faces Leo Rush for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, I believe next week. Sounds about right. Uh... Can I say something before we get into the match, though? Yes. Just a little thing I noted. I don't know if you noticed this or not. Mm-hmm. Angel Garza's oil was not completely rubbed into his body. It was very streaky. Oh. <laughs> and I don't know, it was just me. It was very distracting to me. For, <laughs> like, you know, but for an advantage, you know, like his opponent will slip off of him at, at all times. No, I was, but I was just like, you need to rub that in. Like, <laughs> that is literally usually someone's job. Now, like, <laughs> were you able to glean what Tony Nese's character is? Annoying. Okay, no, he his character is that he has an eight-pack. Oh, he, he's got the abs. He counts his abdominal muscles, yes. And Yeah, I do that too. What's, one. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know what's real funny about... Actually, uh, here's something that I find entertaining about the character is how ridiculous this this is. Because if you pay attention, he does this, like, in his entrance. He'll be like, you know, he'll motion for the cameraman to come real close. And then mm-hmm. they turn, like, a camera mic on so you can hear him. Hear him count his abs. And he's sitting there pointing at him, counting to eight. And he goes, that's eight reasons why I'm better than you. <laughs> and I don't know why that's so funny to me. Like, I have abdominal muscles that you can see, and therefore, I am better I am than the- you are. I mean. <laughs> that is so goofy that it's kind of enduring a little bit. It kind of works. Uh, this crowd, though, not super into it early. I wrote here, No, they wrestle to the mild approval of the crowd. Uh, they, he stops Garza from removing his pants. Crowd hated that. Uh, yes, but I enjoyed that it it kind of changed it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he tries to do this avalanche powerbomb to Garza, but all he does is end up powerbombing Garza's pants. Uh, Best night of the light. Yes. Best line of the night by Morrow. Garza makes a big comeback. Hits a moonsault to the outside. Not, I, I don't. I, I don't often write down things the announcers say unless it really strikes me. But Nigel McGuinness calls Angel Garza the most beautiful man in the world. Yep. It's just he just threw it out there. That's uh, fair. Tony Nese hits a pump handle into a Michinoku driver for a two count. Uh, I wrote here a lot of stuff leads to a DDT on the floor. Uh, I think they were, like, you know, dodging and countering and doing a bunch of stuff like that. Yeah, Um, sounds about right. Tony Nese hits a 450, uh, but Garza gets his foot on the rope. Uh, He hits Tony Nese with this big chop uh, and, like, a neat flipping, like, uh, Tony Nese tried to backdrop him out of the ring, but he sort of just rebounded inwards and picked up Tony Nese for a powerbomb. That was neat. Yep. Uh, and then he hits the wing clipper on Tony Nese. We need to talk about this. For the win, yes. Please, let's talk about Angel Garza's finishing move. I don't get it. <laughs> so, I mean, so does... he picks the guy up. Yeah. He, like, he butterflies the arms. Yeah. And then lifts the man up so, uh, like, Tony Nese's legs are, like, now straddled around the body of... 
Angel Garza. So Garza is holding him up in the air with his arms butterflied. And then yep. Garza just leaps into the air and slams this man down ass first onto the ground. Yeah, it just didn't seem like a big enough move. Yeah, like Moro Ronaldo is like, oh, the damage it does to his spine. Now, granted, if he did this move to Tony Nese every single night, yeah. Tony Nese is going to have like bad hips and a bad back from landing like this all the time. Probably. I can see it being a very bad long-term thing to take, but I'm yeah, not really I... sure how it would defeat an opponent. That was my thing with it. So I'm not a big fan of that finisher, but overall I really did enjoy this match. And I just mm-hmm. thought the announcers were so into this. I yes. don't know if it was them who made me enjoy it, if it was the wrestling, whatever it was, but I loved this. Really uh, did. What did you give it? I don't know if you're ready for this, but I gave it a four. Whoa, okay. Yeah. We're a point off here. I gave it a three. But that's okay. just because I like Angel Garza, but Tony Nese just does nothing for nothing. me. Nothing. That's fair. Um, grapple 3.11. So they liked it a little bit more than I did. There you go. So, they're, I mean, technically I'm closer, but hypothetically speaking, <laughs> they gave it a higher score. So in that regard, they were closer to you. Uh, Rush uh, faces, uh, Leo Rush and Angel Garza face off on the ramp. He, Rush goes to give Garza a handshake, and good guy Angel Garza, who we've seen all these videos about him, like, wrestling for his family and all this stuff, slaps Leo Rush in the face. Which I thought was fantastic. I mean, it was, I'm just saying, it's just weird, (laughs) weird messaging they're sending here. But it was fine. But the one thing I do like about Leo Rush, and I know he's had problems and all this and that, but the one thing I do enjoy about him Mm -hmm. is how much of a fan he seems to be. Like, he seems, like, when when he was at the announce table a few weeks ago, like, he just really seems to enjoy Mm -hmm. wrestling. And I appreciate that about him. Um, So Brock Lesnar, he likes to often take opponents to Suplex City. But now I think it is a, I, I think it's maybe the perfect time to visit cringe city as Kathy Kelly is backstage with Rhea Ripley and her team. I did not think this was acted very well. <laughs> uh, Rhea's like, they're standing back there. It's Rhea, it's Candace, it's Tegan, it's Mia, and it's Dakota. And Awkward. Da- Dakota's back there looking all hopeful. And Mia's standing there with her kendo stick or whatever that she like just saved the day with. And Rhea's mm-hmm. like, the n- member of our team is Mia Yim! And Mia oh. gives this weird, like, yo, dog, I'm super excited to be in this match. Like, I don't know what happened, but... Yeah, it was a little weird. It felt a little weird. And then everyone just turns and looks at Dakota. <laughs> and Rhea's like, I'm real sorry. Uh, you know, I had to make a choice. And Dakota's like, I get it. It's it's cool, and she just walks off. You can hear the crowd go, aww. What if they do add Dakota again, and then that's how the horsewomen come into Shayna's side? Maybe. I have, I have another idea that... Oh, no. I think would save this from being... Because this was pretty cringy. I, this just was not very well performed. Mm-hmm. I had a hard time looking at the screen while this was happening. Uh, I feel like what could save this is that Dakota was legitimately impressive in that match. Yeah. So people are saying, like, you know, she's with her best friend. Of course she should be on this team. Tegan Knox is on this team. Candace is on this team. Those are her two best friends. Why wouldn't they go to bat for her? Why wouldn't Dakota Kai be on this team? But they didn't. Rhea picked... Mia Yim instead of her, and she walked off. There's oh, what, yeah, Shayna's there's, gonna pick up to- like God. yeah. What if Shayna was impressed by Dakota and picks Dakota for her team, and like Dakota turns? That would be an interesting turn of events. That would be interesting, and it would make some sense, and it would mm-hmm. make Dakota look like less of a geek here, because if yeah. she doesn't get picked by anybody, she just comes off like a, a dork. Well, who's going to be the, I mean, who would be the other one on Shayna's team? If if not Dakota? I don't yeah. know. Jenny. Jenny? <laughs> Bring in I don't that. Know. Bring in the NXT UK ladies. I don't um, know. Isaiah Scott versus Dominic Dijakovic. Swerve. 
Scott outpaces Dijakovic early on, outstrikes him as well. Uh, Dijak takes over and powers him around, I wrote. I think that yeah. means he just threw him around all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Swerve comes back with a bunch of really kicks, uh, quick strikes. Big DDT out of the corner for a two. Uh, he reverses the feast your eyes into a cradle for a two, but Dijakovic eventually gets a hold of him, hits a choke bomb for a two. Uh, oh, okay. I don't remember. Maybe you can remember what happened here. Because oh, no. all I wrote was strange break for acting. Was there like a moment where they stopped to just talk to each other? Not that I can recall. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I wouldn't have written it if it didn't happen. It must have happened. <laughs> Unless you dreamt it. Um, no, like, I mean, I know they do this a lot. Like, this, yeah. was, this was very famous in Johnny Gargano matches for a while. Like, yeah. Alistair Black would stop before he kicked him to be like, here's a monologue and then kick. No, I don't remember much beyond, like, the Feast Your Eyes stuff. They must have had, like, a moment where they stopped to be like, you're going to get what you deserve or something, but... Um, oh, maybe. Poison Rana on Dijakovic, and he hits him with a swerve stomp. Uh, he hits him with a big lariat for a two. Di- I wrote here, Dijakovic hits swerve with the lariat that he did not sell at all. So he hit swerve with this lariat that turned him inside out like he flipped over but then he just got up and then he kept hitting moves on Dijakovic like he was never hit now this is a this is a complaint that I see about Japanese wrestling sometimes but this is not what happens in in Japan usually you'll have like two guys like smashing on each other and one guy will like let's just say German suplex the other guy and the other guy mm-hmm. lands in the, like, he gets planted with his German, but he rolls back up to his feet and he's like, roar! And he runs over and he grabs the guy who suplexed him, like, suplexed him, and then he suplexes that guy, and then they both fall over exhausted. Like, mm. he used a bit of adrenaline to hit this guy with a move, but that's all he had left. That's not what happened here. Swerve got killed with his clothesline, and then acted like it didn't happen, and then just kept hitting Dijakovic with stuff. Swerve is Iron Man. <laughs> He's Hulk. I don't care. <laughs> um, Dijakovic catches him, though, with Feast Your Eyes, and then pins him. That was just... Yes. The match was very good, but that one spot was just particularly strange to me. That was weird. I don't... I, I guess I didn't find it, find it that strange. I also mm-hmm. like faster-paced matches. Yes. So... The, the more we can keep it moving. I think that's why I like Swerve so much, because I'm like, just keep it moving. Well, see, it like, really that's does. like the that's the fun thing about this podcast. I like that dynamic, because that's something that didn't even register to you, and to me it was like, you yeah. know, my whole room turned red, and there were, like, alarm sounds going off everywhere, <laughs> and I'm like, what happened here? <laughs> no, I was like, good, keep this moving. We don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one thing I will say about this match, though... Um, uh, I did really enjoy it. I, mm-hmm. I really did. Um, but it did make me stop and Google DDT because I'm like, what does that mean? Like, and yes. I kind of got into a moment with that. And um, well, because it is a, it is like a pest control or poison or something. What DDT is, is like a poison? I think. Oh, I didn't know that. It was named after Jake the Snake's snake. Presumably, yes. But no one really knows, and it's driving me crazy. Yeah. So, if you're listening to this and you know what DDT stands for, please find us on Twitter and well, let see, me know. Here's here's <laughs> the the old saying is that DDT was supposed to be like Damien's dinner time, which is like Jake's snake's name was Damien. Okay. But okay, I think that was always like what they said because WWF at the time was a kids show, and they didn't mm. want to say it was named after a poison that could kill you. I don't know. But, like, that's the thing that bothered me about this match more so than any of the wrestling. You're like, what's, what's that? Why do we call it this? What's it stand um, for? Yes. Sometimes it makes... Sometimes yeah. you can sort of see, like, yeah. oh, why it makes a little bit of sense. But I did really enjoy this. Um, and one of my favorite parts was at the end where Morrow was having problems saying Dijakovic's last name. Yeah, he was struggling. <laughs> It was, and I get it. It is. It does not roll off the tongue. No. Um, but yeah, overall, very fun match. I mean, it's like a seven-syllable name. Like that's a it lot. 
too much. Oh, the one thing I did like about this too, though, is that the crowd was just like split over who they were rooting for on this, and I yeah. always enjoy that. That's always um, fun. Yeah, it makes it a little more lively. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what does it get? I'm curious to know. 3.75. Okay, we're not terribly far off. I went three and a quarter. What? And Grapple went 3.47. Oh, okay. Yeah, so in between us both. Uh, yeah, I for maybe for clarification purposes, like, for me, th- anything like a three to... Th- yeah. Anything up to three and a half is good. Anything that's like three and a half to four is, uh, like really, it's usually, it's like a scale of like good, very good, great, really great. Uh, and you can kind of figure out like five is like a match of the year candidate type thing. Um, see, I just think about it as to how much joy it brought me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, go I mean, that. and that's what it, sh- I mean, and that's what it, that's, I mean, that's ultimately what it really is. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, I have more fun being analytical about it. And some people uh, have more fun being like, you know, when it was done, how happy was I? And like, yeah. that's the same thing I use, but my happiness comes from like the analysis. Yeah. The analysis of it. Um, gotcha. Something I did not analyze very much of was this forgotten son spotlight video. Oh, quit, I don't even remember that this happened. Quit trying to make it happen. Everybody. Um, <laughs> They announce a Mia Yim versus Io Shirai ladder match next week where the winner, their team, will get the advantage in the War Games match. Uh, meaning that their team will get the uh, the first person. Last woman in. Uh, so it'll be the, so like the match will start with two people and yeah. the advantage will go to, you know, uh... Uh, yeah, so whoever, the the clock will count down and then one team will get an advantage because somebody will come out for their team and this will determine who gets the uh, advantage spoiler alert even though the show has not happened yet Io Shirai will win this match because like there's only one way to do a war games match and that's to let the bad guys have the advantage because it's Mm, to the good guys win the good guys shouldn't have an advantage uh, Mm. because they're good and they don't need an advantage bad guys do See, I'm gonna. I just I, the advantage to me is whoever goes in the ring last. Mm-hmm. Very baseball like. Mm-hmm. So if you're going in first, I can appreciate that. You may think you have the advantage, but you really don't, right? Yeah. Okay, that's what I think. And it really boils down to your team members, honestly. Like they'll get an advantage for a little while, but you know, yeah. it depends. It depends. Yeah, it depends on who the last person is. If they were smart, Shayna's team would have Shayna come in last. Because she's yes. the biggest and strongest of the team members. Well, I don't know. Bianca's pretty strong. Yeah. Maybe Bianca so might Rhea. come last. Yes. Well, so. let's talk about this main event. The OC, AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson versus Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, and Matt Riddle. They brawl before the bell. Uh, Tommaso and AJ are hitting big moves on each other early. Keith, by the way, this is so much was happening. It was tough to keep track of everything, but yeah, it was uh, a long match. Keith Lee outpowers uh, Luke Gallows and wipes out Carl Anderson going into a picture in picture break. During the break, the OC works over Tommaso Ciampa. The beating continues coming back from the break. I thought they came close to it being too long for them working on Ciampa, but he does Mm. score a big knee strike and gets a tag to Matt Riddle who goes mm-hmm. nuts on everybody. He's going 100 miles an hour, running to every corner of the ring, suplexing guys, throwing them around. It looks like him and AJ Styles would have a really good match together at some point. Probably. Uh, they try to do... Uh, Gallows and Anderson try to hit the magic killer on Keith Lee, but it is broken up. I just write, moves everywhere. Yeah, basically. Uh, Keith okay. Lee... Gives AJ Styles a pounce, but unfortunately pounces him into the referee, who also <laughs> goes flying. Uh, Matt Riddle tries to do a Fosbury flop, so this diving twist moonsault to the outside, it did not go well. It didn't. Uh, it was wild and out of control, and I chuckled mightily at all of the jokes on Twitter about how this is the first time in his life Matt Riddle was not high enough to do something. Uh, pretty good. Uh, then 
Finn Balor comes out. The guy who's feuding with Johnny Gargano, who is not in this match. And he hits a bloody Sunday on Matt Riddle for some reason. Uh, AJ well, Styles. It was on the outside of the ring, though. It was. Uh, did, yeah. I, did I say on the. No. Oh. They, he did no, it on I the just, outside, yeah. I just think it's important to note. Yes. It was because weird. Because what though. happens next really makes no sense. <laughs> uh, AJ Styles and Finn Balor look at each other and they bullet club each other. Uh, AJ gives him the two Swede and Finn gives him the finger guns. Um, it was, it Which was. Which is what the crowd wants. The crowd was very happy. I have no yeah. idea why this happened, though. AJ Styles goes for the Styles Clash. But then Adam Cole super kicks him. I mean, this does make some sense because, of course, the OC beat up the Undisputed oh, Era. Oh, I forgot about that. So this was sort of him getting his revenge. But also, Adam Cole is in this War Games match with Team Ciampa. So he hits Ciampa with the last shot. And then the show just ended. It was weird. The match had no ending. Very bizarre. There was I don't no... even think they rang the bell. No, there was no DQ. There was no double DQ. There was no count out. There was the referee has thrown this match. There was nothing. It just ended. And I hated this so much. I didn't hate the match up until that point, but. The ending sucked. Oh my God. I, I... was so. I was so irrationally what? upset by the end of this match. It, it... See. I'm glad I had a couple of days to calm down in between because at one point in my notes, I had written, Mm -hmm. I had written the words one strike and I'm because this was such a WWE main roster thing. It was. I'm like, if they do two more of these, I'm done watching NXT because that's it. I can't handle it Uh, if this show turns into (laughs) like Raw or SmackDown. Well, when Ciampa said it's the main roster, what did you expect? Oh, no! That's what he meant? That's what I was getting at! Oh, no. I That's... I didn't quite get it when you said it at first, but now it all Come makes on. so much sense. <laughs> it's so clear to me now. Yes, see, it all comes back around. Um, I will say, I was not as um, angered by Finn Balor coming out, and I mm. really just think it's because that's... Literally, that's what everyone wants to see happen is this, like, ultimate reunion of Bullet Club with Finn and AJ together. So, to me, it made a lot of sense. I thought the crowd went wild. Um, I know last week um, we talked a little bit about how the crowd didn't boo Finn Balor. Yes. um, But this crowd this week seemed to be a little bit more in on what was happening. So, on stuff like that. So, um, I really enjoyed that. Um, But this match overall, I, I did... Well, leading up to the ending, I enjoyed this match. What I really liked about it, though, is that even though uh, Riddle, Lee, and Ciampa are not tag team together, mm-hmm. uh, they I thought they all did a really good job of working together. And the match really showcased each individual wrestler very well. Mm-hmm. Like, no one felt out of place, which is so easy to do when you throw people in, in together. Yes. So that was my big takeaway here. I um Yeah, the ending I, I I really enjoyed the match up until the end. Uh the ending I think Took for me off. Yeah, for me that cost this match like three quarters of a point. Uh oh at least. Just in the ending alone. Uh I I do have an like okay, let's say they form the bullet club. I don't think it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But they don't own bullet clubs, so what kind of knockoff name could they do? Gun Patrol. <laughs> the Ammunition Gang? Maybe. Uh, uh, <laughs> just call them Common Sense Gun Control. <laughs> uh, hey, in Florida, that, that probably would elicit booze. So. Yeah, but it, I would cheer for them. I'd be like, oh, yes, yeah. I don't care who you are. I approve. Thank you for getting um, our message across. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Ammunition Bros. I like that one. <laughs> Pistol pals. <laughs> uh, Just shotgun squad. Yeah. Uh, what, would you, uh, what would you give? Uh, what would you give this match? I gave it a three. Oh wow! Okay. The ending angered me that much. <laughs> oh my god! Now I feel like I wasn't angry enough, and here I thought I was mad. I gave it three and a quarter. 
I gave okay. up more than you, so I am stunned. <laughs> this is not how this episode has been trending. <laughs> <laughs> no, this has been a very unexpected episode. 3.3 from Grapple. So they were okay. they were thinking what we were thinking too, but I was I was so mad and I and in all honesty, I watched this in, in multiple sittings, so I forgot about the Adam Cole thing. But it really just made no sense to have him come out and then just not even have anything. Ha- it just like, yeah, I just was not a fan. So, uh, so let's talk about week six of the Wednesday Night War. And we said that if they reach six in a row, I'm you gonna, said, I'm, yeah, I said, I said, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to drag you under the bus with me here because, yeah. I'm about to go back on my word because I said that if they do uh, six in a row, that I'm calling the war. Yep. But here's the thing. NXT, Ratings went up all around. NXT appeared on SmackDown and they appeared on Raw. And even though they didn't outright say that AJ Styles and company were going to be there, I think it was sort of hinted that something was going to happen or maybe people just assumed. And mm. they spoke. Now, AEW did win in pure numbers, mm-hmm. but it has never, ever been this close, and they split a lot of audience here. AEW, their rating went back up, but only to 822,000, and NXT did 813,000. So they were very close, and in the key demographic, which is the all-important thing, uh, this is the thing where... AEW usually obliterates NXT. AEW got a .35 in that demo, and NXT got a .30. So they were, like, really close on all of those things and basically statistically tied because there's margins of errors and such. All right, Wolf Blitzer, it's too close to call. I get it. It is a too close to call. Too close to call in Ohio, everybody. Uh, Although... I'm going to say this. I think, honestly, Survivor Series is going to bring NXT down. I mean, we'll see what happens, and it depends a lot on how they're treated as well. Mm-hmm. I will say this. Uh, we th- have a lot of time before Survivor Series, too. Yeah. We should mention that. <laughs> I mean, we're only six weeks in, but it is disheartening that both of these shows started with over a million viewers and mm-hmm. are not getting that now. But They only lost 20% of their viewership when you think of it that way. Yeah. It takes time. Uh, Mm -hmm. people are going to tune in the first week and then be like, "Eh, I don't really know what's going on. And then if enough buzz builds around something, if something is good enough, hypothetically, people will check it out. I'm not worried about the health of either company at the moment because NXT is getting, I think they're getting like 25 million a year for two years. So they've got at least two years on USA. And uh, as we've discussed before, AEW is still doing well above the projections. Uh, that the network had yep. for them. So uh, they are more than happy with the product that they're getting. Uh, as it relates to who I thought won this week, uh, this is also a really close one because uh, AEW was didn't have like a blowaway match on the show this week. Um, mm-hmm. They were doing a go-home show for their pay-per-view, so a lot of it was... Oh, that makes sense. Like uh, they were doing... They were spending more time... Uh, doing promos and things like that to set up the big matches. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm i curious to know what you would think if you watched some promos from AEW because they are the... It's the opposite of the WWE ecosystem there. It's the old-style way of doing promos, which is you've got a few bullet points that you need to hit on. I probably on. enjoy that better. Yeah, and then you kind of go out there and you just feel it. And Cody Rhodes did this incredible promo for his Chris Jericho Oh, I read about that one on Twitter. Isn't that, they said, like, he rivaled his dad's on something? Yeah. Uh, His dad dad had some very famous promos, and he had this incredible promo. Chris Jericho had this video package that was mocking a Cody Rhodes video package, uh, and it was very funny. Uh, There was was all sorts of great build-up stuff. They had good matches, but nothing blow away. And on NXT, they had good matches as well, but the promo stuff is where it hurts a lot because you get that 
learn your lines. Manufactured. Yeah, you get that learn your lines, but you guys aren't actors, really. Like, some of them obviously have some acting talent, but some of them don't. And it's mm. easy. It's easier if they wing it. Wrestlers are surprisingly far better at improving than they are at going off of a script. It makes sense. So I mean, you know, watch those early rock movies. He's not the super charismatic guy that he becomes in later films. Like he had to kind of learn how to work within that system. It took a while. It took a little bit. So I, AEW probably edges it out again this week. So NXT still really with only one. One victory, but uh, it's. I want to give NXT a win, but it just it feel like it's a pity win. I'm trying to just be honest about. We're not doing that. Yeah, I, and look, this just may be the AEW honeymoon phase. They had a the pay per view on Saturday. I was I had very mixed feelings about. So hmm. it was uh, it was not a love fest. Some stuff was great. Some stuff was good, but fell well under the bar of expectations stuff like that so do we know any of the matches for next week on nxt besides eo and mia is that the only one and leo and angel garza are the two matches gotcha. what do you, so which do you think headlines between the two of those the women's match the ladder match i mean it is for the if yeah it's a sets up the takeover yes uh which i'll be happy to go back to i'm I hope we don't get to. I don't hope we don't have to do too much more of this Survivor Series. Main stuff. roster shit. Yeah, Sorry. thanks very much. I mean, I'll be. I mean, maybe like if Becky shows up in NXT again, that'll be fun, or you know, whatever. I don't want any of this awkward stuff. Like Bailey shows back up to NXT, but she's a heel now. Like, I don't. I don't want any of that. Like, you know, just bring in the baby faces so we can cheer them. That'll be fun. Have her and Shayna can have like a pull apart brawl or something. That'll mm-hmm. be fun, but... Let's you know talk. who would be fun to have back, though, would be Shinsuke. I feel like the crowd would really appreciate it. Yeah, that would be quite fun, I think. Yeah. Although he's a bad guy now, too. They take all those yeah. good... They take all those giant good guy characters and make them bad guys. You gotta flip at some point. Keep it interesting. Yeah, that's true. And to be fair, they couldn't figure out what to do with them as good guys when they brought them up, so... They never know what to do. Yeah, I, they floundered. Uh... All right, so uh, that's the show for this week. Uh, let's thank the good people over at Think Geek for sponsoring the show. CinemaGeekly.com slash ThinkGeek. Head on over there for some geeky collectibles and apparel. That's at CinemaGeekly.com slash ThinkGeek. Or you can click the uh, support us link in the show notes for this episode. While at CinemaGeekly.com, uh, you can check out the archives of the show. And you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, just search for what comes NXT. Hit subscribe, and that way you can hear us come back next time and talk about the next episode of NXT on USA and the WWE Network, featuring what we presume is Io Shirai and Mia Yim in a ladder match. Oh.